Vâng, xin chào quý vị đến với talk show với tổ hợp luật sư Agoris ngày hôm nay mỗi trưa thứ tư hàng tuần thì góp mặt với chương trình ngày hôm nay là có sự hiện diện của luật sư Michael và luật sư Taylor hai người đại diện cho hãng luật Agoris rồi thì hôm nay chủ đề ngày hôm nay thì mình sẽ nói về những cái case những cái um, vụ kiện mà hãng luật đã giúp uh, giúp đỡ trong pháp lý vấn đề pháp lý uh, những những cái vụ này thì liên quan đến tai nạn xe cộ thì ở đấy cho để quý vị được biết rồi uh, hi Taylor and uh, Michael thanks for uh, coming today thank you for having us today yeah thanks for having us good to see you good to see you too how are you all today good it's a little rainy it's outside little rainy. yeah doing yeah. well yep so okay yeah I uh, mentioned a little bit to our audience that you know the purpose of today's talk show is you know going through the cases that your firm uh, handle been handling in the past um, so yeah let's dive right in. Yeah, that, that, have... yeah, that sounds good. And um, what Taylor and I wanted to do is we both thought about cases that we've worked on in the past because we handle personal injury cases um, and part yeah. of the personal injury practice deals with car accidents. And so we were thinking of cases we've worked on in the past where we think that, you know, the viewers of the show or people in general would want to learn more about um, whether it's you know, the facts of the case or dealing with insurance or treatment or hiring attorneys. And so I think these real world examples will be good for people to learn about. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right. So um, what happened in the first case that you want to discuss with your client and uh, a ride share company? So a few years ago, we had a client who was riding her bike in mm. the loop in downtown Chicago. And she was actually in the bike lane, but in the particular area she was at, there is the traffic lane, there's the bike lane, and then there's actually a, a lane to the right of the bike lane for parking. And our client was on her way to work and was riding her bike in the lane, and a rideshare service car pulls over, and a passenger in the rear seat opened her door mm -hmm. as our client was riding by on the bike, hit our client, our client fell. Fortunately, the passenger stayed mm. and waited until an ambulance came to mm. pick up our client. And the passenger provided her information and mm. the rideshare company's information. Okay, so the um, rideshare was on the right of um, your client? The rideshare was actually on the left of on our left. client. Yes. Okay, now that makes sense. Right, thì thưa quý vị cái trường hợp thứ nhất mà thành vừa đặt câu hỏi cho luật sư đây là khi mà cái vụ uh, tai nạn xe cộ diễn ra giữa người trong trường hợp này khách hàng của hãng luật là một người đi xe đạp thì người ta dừng lại ở cái người ta đi trong cái lane của họ có một cái lane cho xe đạp để đi đi thôi sau đấy họ dừng ở cái 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 ngã dừng đấy thì quý vị thì bên trái họ là một xe uh, đây là mình không biết là hãng gì nhưng mà chỉ biết là ride share thôi và người khách người passenger trên xe người ta mở cửa ra thì trường hợp này cũng khá phổ biến là dễ gây tai nạn họ mở cửa xe ra và khi mở như vậy ấy, thì đã đụng cái người đi xe đạp đụng chúng vào người đi xe đạp và họ đã bị thương thì trong cái trường hợp này là họ bị uh, họ, um, uh, đứt cái dây chẳng và phải nhờ vào sự uh, uh, can thiệp với uh, phẫu thuật thì bây giờ tiếp theo là mình cũng biết là bây giờ những cái công ty Right. So my follow-up question on this accident was, um, what insurance companies were involved in this case? 
Sure, and this is what's interesting about rideshare accidents. And when we're talking about rideshare accidents, we're talking like Uber and Lyft. And so in this particular case, our client who was on a bike had insurance and she had uh, auto insurance. And when you're, you know, there are some exceptions, but generally if you're on a bike or walking and you're injured, you can go, you can be protected under your own car insurance. So our client's auto insurance, the passenger who opened up the door in the Uber um, did not have insurance. So that was an issue. Now, what, what insurance does, does she not have, the, the passenger? Correct. So the passenger did not have auto insurance. Okay. So something like I take ride shares, and okay. if, if I were to be in the back seat and opened up a door and someone were to come after me, we would go after my auto insurance. Mm-hmm. So our client had auto insurance, which was covered. She was on a bike. The passenger in the car, in the rideshare, did not have insurance. The driver of the car in the rideshare has personal insurance on his car when he's not working for the rideshare company. And then the rideshare company has insurance while the driver is driving people around. Uh So you've got multiple layers of insurance. We had our clients, we had the driver, and then we had the rideshare company. So we were dealing with three different insurance policies. Right. And one thing is interesting here is that for uh, for your client who got injured, um, as long as she have an auto insurance, then she got covered, right? Even though she's on the bike, not in her car. Correct. And this is something that her own insurance, I believe her insurance was Geico. Uh, Geico was asking specifics about where did the accident take place? How did it take place? She was on a bike. Was she in a bike lane? Was mm-hmm. she where she was supposed to be? Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of factual questions mm-hmm. that all of the insurance companies were interested in finding out. Because when you're dealing with rideshare accidents and multiple layers of insurance, no one wants to pay. Everyone, I'm not at fault. They're at fault. Well, the person who opened up the doors at fault. And then the driver is like, I didn't do anything. Uh-huh. The passenger opened up the, you know, so you got a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Unfortunately, she came to us, and you know we figured out yeah. who's at fault and which insurance company is going to pay. Yeah, it sounds like pretty complicated scenario to be in. Yeah, with multiple uh, parties. And actually, yeah. since that accident happened, some rideshare companies now they will alert the driver to remind the passenger to look out the window before mm. opening the door. But that wasn't the case at the time that this accident happened. Right. Right. Uh, thưa quý vị cái mình vừa đặt câu hỏi đây là những cái bên uh, bảo hiểm nào thì sẽ liên quan đến cái vụ tai nạn này thì trong trường hợp này em mình có thể nghĩ đến là ba người thưa quý vị có nghĩa là người bị uh, thương này người đi xe đạp người ta tông vào cái cánh cửa mà mở ra bởi cái 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 ride share đấy rồi uh, người lái xe người uh, lái xe ride share người ta lái xe uber hay lyft rồi cái người khách đang đi xe uh, Uh, right share ba người và bên cả một cái công ty uh, sở hữu cái xe đấy trong trường hợp có thể là Uber có thể là Lyft thì có nghĩa là bốn cái bảo hiểm khác nhau công ty bảo hiểm khác nhau đang liên quan đến trong cái vụ như thế này thì quý vị có thể thấy được là nó khá là phức tạp bây giờ thường thì công ty bảo hiểm họ không muốn chi trả họ không muốn trả tiền ra hoặc là họ sẽ làm mọi cách để mà không phải trả nhiều trong trường hợp này thì họ thường đổ lỗi công ty Uber hay Lyft thì họ kêu là ở không phải lỗi của tôi đây là người hành khách người ta đi người ta mở cửa ra người ta gây tai nạn 
người gây tai nạn thì người ta lại có lý lẽ riêng của người đấy nữa và trong cái trường hợp này ấy, thì cái người gây tai nạn đấy họ không có bảo hiểm thưa quý vị cái người mà mở cửa xe ride share làm tai nạn cho người đi xe đạp thì người đấy không bảo hiểm và người đi xe đạp thì có bảo hiểm người sao bảo hiểm và theo như luật sư Michael nói giải thích ấy, thì cái người đi xe đạp người ta có quyền đến cái công ty bảo hiểm của họ để mà claim insurance cho cái vụ tai nạn này. Right. So what were the client injuries? Uh, what was the treatment? You know, and who paid the medical bills? So the client went from the scene of the accident to the ER. She was taken by ambulance and she was diagnosed with torn ligaments in mm-hmm. her leg mm-hmm. and she needed surgery and several months of physical therapy mm-hmm. which she you know listened to what her doctors and the therapist told her so it was a it was a long course of treatment given the surgery mm-hmm. um, she was unable to do a few things that she had planned over the following months mm-hmm. i know that she had trips planned with family she intended mm-hmm. to go to a concert and Her doctors told her, you know, it's, it's not a good idea for you to be traveling or walking a lot, standing too mm-hmm. much. So she wasn't able to do those things. I also recall her having to get a dog walker because she couldn't take care of her dog, right. um, too much walking. Mm-hmm. And she had to take some time off work, but mm-hmm. she listened to her doctors. She got the treatment that she needed, and she eventually recovered pretty well. I think she had some long-term Um, issues with pain that would flare up from time to time, swelling. Mm. She did have health insurance, so her bills were covered through her health insurance, and then her health insurance company was entitled to a portion of the settlement mm-hmm. to reimburse for the funds paid for the medical bills. Okay, so the um, payments came from the health, her health insurance Correct. portion of it. Ok, uh, thưa quý vị trong cái cái vụ như thế này ấy, thì khách hàng của hãng luật họ bị uh, tai nạn, họ bị chấn thương và họ bị uh, đứt dây chằng, đứt dây chằng thì trong cái trường hợp này là cái công ty ấy, thì cần thứ nhất là cần phải phẫu thuật, thứ hai là cần phải uh, cần những cái physical therapy rồi những cái chấn uh, hồi phục lại uh, sức khỏe nhưng mà về mặt uh, chi trả cái viện phí ấy, thì ở đây luật sư Taylor đã nói là vì uh, uh, người cái cô này, cô ta có bảo hiểm y tế, bảo hiểm sức khỏe, health insurance thì quý vị thì công ty bảo hiểm sức khỏe là người đã chi trả một phần trong cái uh, vụ tai nạn này, cái vụ thương tích này cá nhân cho cho cô ấy. Thì câu hỏi tiếp theo mà thành sẽ hỏi luật sư hai sư đây ấy, thì về vấn đề pháp lý thì cái vụ này nó đã mất bao lâu? từ khi mà họ tiếp nhận đến khi mà hoàn thành uh, settlement cái vụ này, right? Um, so how long did it take the case to settlement? Yeah, so this was a case where we knew from the beginning that there were going to be contested facts and that we would need to get into litigation. So oftentimes we will try to settle cases without filing a lawsuit if the facts are straightforward. This was a case where we knew everyone was pointing fingers at each other, mm. so we filed suit right away. Uh, the next stage of the case was all of the parties, um, the passenger and the driver and the rideshare company all responded to discovery. 
meaning they answered written questions, turned over documents, and everyone got to see what written information people had. Mm -hmm. And then what we did is we took depositions, which is simply a sworn statement under oath. So our client gave a deposition, the uh, driver of the rideshare company gave a deposition, and then we were gonna take a corporate representative's deposition at the rideshare company, but right around the party depositions, um, including the passenger as well, um, the parties realized, the parties had a better understanding of the facts of the case mm -hmm. and which insurance companies were gonna contribute to resolve the case. Mm -hmm. And so we litigated the case, I would probably say for about a year, and then um, we were able to settle the case with the rideshare company contributing mm -hmm. money, as well as our own client's insurance contributing money because she had what's called uninsured motorist coverage. Mm -hmm. um, and so because the passenger didn't have insurance, our own client's insurance chipped in too to settle the case. So it took about a year. Okay, uh, you mentioned depositions, and you know what's the exact definition of that? Yeah, so a deposition is a sworn statement under oath. Mm -hmm. So when our client gave her deposition, Taylor and I were there, uh, a court reporter was there, lawyers for all the parties were there, and it's just like you see in court okay. where you raise your hand, the court mm -hmm. reporter swears you in, you swear to tell the truth, and right. then it's simply a question and answer session where the lawyers get to ask a million questions about um, personal information, who you are, where'd you grow up, where do you work, what happened in the accident, what are your injuries. Um, it's an opportunity to hear what someone's gonna say ultimately at trial. Right. Okay. Uh, thưa quý vị, Thành vừa đặt câu hỏi ông luật sư ở đây là cái quá trình uh, để mà tiếp nhận một cái vụ thương uh, như vậy sẽ đến khi mình giải quyết xong cái settlement ấy thì nó sẽ qua bao nhiêu bước và nó kéo dài trong cái trường hợp này thì nó sẽ kéo dài nó đã kéo dài bao lâu thì trình tự của một cái thủ tục vụ pháp lý có nghĩa là mình phải viết đơn trước sau đó đến tòa sau đấy mình sẽ là một cái quá trình mình làm viết là những cái bài báo cáo những cái report những cái cái mà mình mà biết về từ a đến z như là xảy ra như thế nào thế nào nào có thể mình thu thập những cái đấy từ Uh, cảnh sát này từ những cái camera ghi lại cái vụ tai nạn sau đấy thì mình sẽ uh, trước coi như là trước tòa những là mọi bên mình cùng đi họp với nhau và uh, gọi là uh, đưa ra cái lời lời khai lấy lời khai của các bên và sau cùng thì uh, vụ đấy là, là cái bước cuối cùng là mình sẽ cố gắng mình giải quyết vấn đề đấy thì trong cái trường hợp cụ thể vừa rồi ấy uh, nó kéo dài mất một năm và những bên mà uh, phải trả cái viện phí đấy là bao gồm cả công ty rideshare thưa quý vị công ty là, trong trường hợp này có thể là uber hoặc clip gì đấy họ có thể họ và họ đã uh, phụ cái khoản tiền uh, y tế cho nạn nhân trong cái vụ uh, xe cộ này và cái trường hợp mà đặc biệt là trong cái vụ này cái người gây tai nạn người ta không có bảo hiểm cho nên người ta không phải chi trả uh, đồng bạc nào rồi thì uh, câu hỏi mà tiếp theo mình thành sẽ đặt ra trong trường hợp này là uh, mình nên làm gì để bảo vệ bản bản thân mình trước những cái uh, trong cái tình huống mà phải đối diện với những cái công ty rideshare như thế này. Alright, so how can people protect themselves against the rideshare industry? 
That's a great question. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this case is you need to have insurance. So that passenger, I think she didn't have insurance because she didn't have a car, so she didn't think that there was a need to have insurance. However, the rideshare company did, did not insure her. There was not coverage for her as a passenger at that time. So it was really important that even if you don't have a car, and you're using rideshare, you should have insurance. And in addition to what happened to our client, she was on a bike and her auto insurance mm. covered her even though she wasn't actually mm. in a car. Uh, in addition to that, if you actually drive for a rideshare company, you should have supplemental coverage. And you can call your insurance carrier to get this because there are certain times, I, for example, it depends on who the rideshare company is, mm. but from the time that you accept a ride until you actually go and pick up the passenger, you might not be insured and your personal auto insurance likely won't cover you mm -hmm. if you are driving for a rideshare company. So just make sure you call your auto insurance, get the best auto insurance that you can, mm -hmm. maximize your limits. Uh, the cost to get the most amount of coverage is actually pretty nominal in terms of monthly payments. So make sure you have insurance and good insurance regardless of whether you have a car or not. Right. Uh, to quý vị, một trong những cái mà mình nhất uh, nên làm khi mà giả sử quý vị uh, gặp những cái trường hợp bị tai nạn xe cộ mà liên quan đến một trong những cái công ty rideshare ở đây, giả sử Uber hoặc Lyft thì mình nên mình nên có mua bảo hiểm thưa quý vị. Um, và mình làm sao phải cố gắng mình 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 tối đa tối đa cái khoản bồi thường mình có được từ bảo hiểm thì thật thật ra một tháng mà mình hơn được uh, cái tiền mình đóng bảo hiểm ấy nó không trên lệch quá nhiều nhưng mà với những cái policy tốt đấy thưa quý vị thì mình sẽ uh, ngăn chặn và mình trong trường hợp mình bị tai nạn thì nó là cái mà mình họ sẽ trả tiền nhiều nhất cho quý vị nếu như quý vị và bị tai nạn rồi với những người mà chạy xe công nghệ chẳng hạn chạy xe uber hoặc lyft thì có thể họ mua thêm mua thêm uh, những cái bảo hiểm mà bổ sung bổ sung như vậy là ngoài mình bảo hiểm xe của riêng mình rồi thì mình có thể add thêm một cái bảo hiểm bổ sung nữa là cho cái việc mình lái xe lái xe công nghệ đấy là mình vừa coi như là được bảo vệ toàn diện luôn thì đấy nó sẽ giúp ích hơn trong mọi tình huống rồi thì uh, đấy là uh, trường hợp thứ nhất thì bây giờ mình bây giờ mình đi thêm với trường hợp thứ hai thì hôm nay thì có thể mình nói về ba hoặc là bốn trường hợp uh, mà bên luật sư đã giúp đã làm việc. Right, so let's move on to the second case that you are working with. And so what happened in the second case? You know, we want to discuss with the clients. Sure. So the second case we want to talk about today is um, it's a, a really important issue as well because our client. This happened in 2017. Uh, she was stopped at a red light doing absolutely nothing wrong, and she was rear-ended. And we see um, in our practice with personal injury, car accident cases, that rear-end accidents mm. are so common these days mm. because people are driving like this on their phone and looking up, and no one's, right. paying, no one's paying attention. Um, and so it just it really happens more often now. People are distracted. They're on their cell phones. So our client um, doing nothing wrong. I mean, she's waiting at a stoplight, gets rear-ended, And what's interesting about this case is uh, sort of like part of the first case we talked about, the person who hit our client has no insurance. Hmm. 
So this is a situation where our client, once again, doing nothing wrong at a stoplight, gets rear-ended, likely by a distracted driver, and then the issue is, what do you do now? Okay. Vậy thì uh, thưa quý vị, một cái trường hợp nó cũng khá là phổ biến và ở đây nghĩa là luật sư vừa ra là một người lái xe bình thường, họ không có vi phạm bất cứ gì cả, họ dừng ở uh, đèn xanh đèn đỏ, dừng lại thì ngay lúc đấy thì có cái chiếc xe đằng sau đâm vào ngay phía sau luôn và đây cũng là một cái trường hợp mà thành để ý khá là phổ biến nghĩa là mình có thể là người người đi sau ấy họ không chú ý họ đang dùng điện thoại họ làm gì đấy và cứ thế là họ tông thẳng vào phía sau chiếc xe đối diện cái xe phía trước right so um, what insurance companies were involved in this case Like Mike said, the at-fault driver didn't have insurance, mm-hmm. but fortunately our client did have uninsured motorist coverage, and that protects a driver when they are involved in an accident with someone without insurance. However, despite you know making a claim with her own insurance company, they were being really difficult and wouldn't um, resolve the claim for quite some time, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Sure. Um, thì thưa quý vị trong trường hợp này ấy, là người um, bị tông người ta có bảo hiểm nhưng mà cái người um, cái quan trọng ở đây ấy, là tại vì người đấy không gây ra lỗi thưa quý vị cho nên là công ty bảo hiểm của người bị tông họ không muốn chi trả cho cái uh, vụ này họ bảo đây là không phải lỗi của họ cũng như là xe họ bị tông là bị người khác tông cho nên là họ không muốn chi trả mà cái người mà tông ấy người ta lại không có bảo hiểm thì đây là một cái trường hợp nó nó khá là phức tạp So um, let's you know move on. Uh, what were the client's injuries and the treatments who paid the medical bills in this case? Yes, yeah, so this is an interesting one where our client had um, soft tissue injuries, meaning she didn't have any broken bones, there weren't any stitches, there wasn't anything where you could look on an x-ray and say, here's what's wrong. It was you know pains and strains and aches, mm. which often you know plague people for a really long time because the treatment is a little bit more difficult. Um, symptoms are, are you know, hard to fix because it's not like, oh, this is a broken bone, we'll do surgery, we'll do a cast, and you should be fine. So in this situation, our client had about a year of treatment. She did um, injections, like uh, they're called nerve block injections, where they give you shots to block the pain. Uh, she went to a pain management doctor. Uh, she also did physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And I believe this client did not have health insurance, right? No, she didn't. Right. So this is an interesting situation where you're a driver and you're doing nothing wrong and you're hit by someone who has no insurance, mm-hmm. no auto insurance, and then our client has no health insurance. So then it's like, well, you're injured and you need treatment, so what do you do? And we help clients with this all the time. And what we helped and coordinated with her is we reached out to her doctor, her pain management doctor. And in the legal field, it's called putting a lien on the file. But basically, what her doctor said was, okay, I will treat your client, and I'm going to send you all of the bills. And when it comes time to settling the case, you need to pay me out of the settlement. And so for our client, it was a benefit to her because she had no health insurance and she's injured and she needed to get treatment. Uh. So she went through a year's long worth of treatment. The doctor leaned the file or told us, hey, when you settle, reimburse me for my bills, which is what we did. So we were able to get her medical treatment even though she didn't have health insurance. And she didn't have to pay anything out of pocket Mm. during that process. 
right. during the treatment. Right. So who, who paid for the bills then? Uh, at the end? Yeah. So what ended up happening um, at the end when her case resolved, she got a settlement check, and uh -huh. part of that settlement check had to pay for her doctor bills. Okay. So she ended up paying, well, um, although, although the medical bills got paid, they were paid at the end from the settlement. So nothing came out of her pocket. Right. Okay. So now speaking of the settlement, um, in this case, you know, can we, you know, can you talk through uh, that, that process with her? Definitely. So she had to complete treatment because when, after she retained us, she was getting conservative treatment. She was getting mostly physical therapy. However, after several months of that, it, clear, it was clear that physical therapy wasn't going to make her feel better anymore. Mm. You know, she was at her maximum medical improvement for physical mm. therapy, and that's when she started seeing a pain management doctor. And um, they actually started giving her steroid injections every several weeks and each steroid injection I think was about $1,500. They're very expensive. Wow. So she went through, like Mike said, almost a year of treatment and I think her medical bills were about $140,000 but yeah. her auto insurance policy limits were only $50,000. So you have her best Case scenario, mm -hmm. they pay the policy limits, but she had 150, almost 150,000 in medical right. bills. So she completed treatment. Mm -hmm. um, we sent a demand to her insurance company and they didn't want to pay it. They said, we want to take your client's statement. And she was a great client. And in addition to her significant medical bills, she also had pretty significant lost wages. She ran her own daycare and she couldn't, you know, she had back problems. She couldn't take care of little kids right. and she had to hire an assistant to right. help her. So you have a lot of medical bills, lost wages, and they won't pay the $50,000 limits. She sat down for a statement. She did a great job in the statement. They just went over, you know, what happened in the accident, her injuries, the treatment she got. And within days of her sitting down for the statement, they paid the policy. Okay, but that's only fifty thousand, right? Correct. Since we have to like a almost a hundred. Yes, left. you should have the the max. You should for your insurance company get the most uh -huh. limits that you can afford. Okay, so may I ask, like, who paid for the rest? So for the medical bills, there's a statute in Illinois that says, regardless of how much your medical bills are, if there's mm -hmm. a settlement, they can only get forty percent. So okay. we were able to work with her medical providers and get mm -hmm. those liens reduced significantly. So they didn't get anywhere near the amount that was actually okay. billed. Okay, cool. Um, just one follow-up question. Like, were there any consequences on the uh, person who injured the client the, without, you know, the person that didn't have uh, auto insurance? I believe they received a ticket for the accident. Mm -hmm. However, uh, this wasn't a person with assets or money that it'd be worth pursuing individually because at the I end see. of the day, if they don't have money, it's mm -hmm. not worth the pursuit. And this is why our client had uninsured motorist coverage for mm -hmm. a situation like this. Okay, got it. Thưa quý vị, câu hỏi mà Thành vừa đặt ra là cái cái quá trình mà nó đã diễn ra đối với người khách hàng của hãng luật là qua nhiều bước như thế nào thì uh, trong trường hợp này là bị khá nặng và bị uh, chấn thương về vai 
chấn thương về sau lưng xin lỗi quý vị thưa quý vị chấn thương về sau lưng và nó cần khoảng một năm để mà chữa trị có nghĩa là physical therapy hồi phục chức năng rồi thậm chí là phải trích cả thuốc vào đấy để mà hồi phục và cái vấn đề là cái thuốc ấy, thưa quý vị một năm điều trị y tế rất là đắt nhất là ở mỹ thì cái tổng bill cái tổng bill trong cái trường hợp này là 140.000 đô la một số tiền cực kỳ lớn sau sau một năm chữa trị thì về cái cô về nạn nhân này ấy, thì cô ta uh, uh, coi như là sụt ký nặng này rồi có cả một cái cơ sở mà chăm sóc day care mà cô ta ấy mà cô ta phải thuê người thuê người để mà assist cô ta là hỗ trợ uh, hoạt động cái 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 trung tâm này mà ngoài ra ấy, thì đấy là cái cái về phía nạn nhân còn bây giờ cái về cái bill ấy thì nó xảy ra như thế nào trong trường hợp này hãng luật đã giúp uh, cô ta không phải trả đồng bạc nào hết trong cái vấn đề này thì cái tiền ấy cũng nghĩa là cô ta có uh, bảo hiểm xe cộ bảo hiểm xe cái policy là năm mươi đô năm mươi đô thì họ đã đồng ý lúc đầu thì họ không đồng ý nhưng mà sau đấy khi mà hãng luật vào vào việc xét sổ với họ họ đã đồng ý chi trả max cái 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 policy của họ năm mươi đô còn cái số tiền còn lại ấy, thì hãng luật lại làm việc tiếp với bên bệnh viện để giảm tối đa giảm tối đa ờ, thì cái đấy nó hơi phức tạp một chút nó còn dính líu với lại luật của bang tiểu bang nữa khi mà uh, nó có một cái giới hạn nào đấy về cái bill y tế thôi quý vị nếu như mà nó vượt quá đấy thì mình có quyền mình mình làm việc lại với lại hãng luật uh, hãng luật và bệnh viện y tế để mà giảm thiểu số tiền đấy lại rồi thì khi mà biết cái 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 sự việc nó cái case này nó nặng như vậy thì bây giờ mình cần biết những gì để mà mình tránh khỏi cái trường hợp như thế này. Right. So, you know, seems like a like pretty like serious case, you know, injury like whole year, you know, she went through uh, quite a lot, you know, cost a lot of money. So, you know, how can someone prevent this from happening? Yeah, so I we tell people we've talked about this extensively on the show and we tell people all the time, have good insurance and maximize your insurance policy. So a lot of people think, I've got car insurance and it's going to um, cover me in case I cause an accident. And in reality, and in this situation, it also covers you if someone hits you mm-hmm. and that person doesn't have insurance. So it's called uninsured motorist coverage. Um, so call your car insurance company and tell them, I want to maximize your liability insurance, which mm-hmm. means if you're at fault, and then also your uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. And they all sort of uh, go in the same line. And uh, typically in Illinois, they all need to be the same amount. And it's just a very simple phone call to your insurance company saying, I want to maximize my coverage. Um, and as Taylor mentioned, it's not, um, it's not a significant expense. We're talking, you know, 10 bucks a month sometimes. Mm. And it's, to, it's, it's not to protect the other driver, it's to protect yourself. And people, no matter how many Absolutely. times we talk about this, it's literally your own insurance protects you mm. in case that other person has a hit and run accident. Like they hit you and they leave the scene or they don't have insurance or whatever the case is, you want to make sure you have as much coverage as possible. And in Illinois, typically policies, you know, when you max out your policy, um, you should be able to get, you know, two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars worth of coverage, depending on who your carrier is. So this woman who we're talking about now, Taylor's client, uh, the case that we worked on, had she had more uninsured motorist insurance, mm-hmm. she would have gotten a bigger settlement. 
It's mm -hmm. that simple. If she had $250,000 in coverage, they probably would have settled the case for 250 grand. Mm -hmm. But she didn't, and she only had 50,000 in coverage. Okay. So and it, the solution is so simple. Just call your insurance and say, I want to maximize my policy. What will it cost? Okay. Thưa quý vị, luật sư Michael vừa khuyên là trong những cái trường hợp như vậy khi mà quý vị có bảo hiểm này, bảo hiểm y tế, bảo hiểm xe, bảo hiểm ô tô thì mình nên uh, mua cái bảo hiểm nào mà nó cho quý vị cái policy nó cái 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 cái, cái, cái hoàn trả nó cao nhất thì cái chân lệch tiền đóng hàng tháng thì quý vị nó không thực ra nó không nhiều thậm chí là trong nhiều trường hợp là quý vị chỉ cần đóng một tháng trên 10 đô thôi nhưng mà cái tiền mà mình bồi hoàn cái tiền mà policy đấy có thể là cao rất là nhiều thậm chí là 100.000 200.000 đô la một năm chẳng hạn thì khi mà mình biết là cái số tiền mà mình được bảo vệ đấy nó tốt như vậy thì mình sẽ yên tâm hơn và bảo hiểm mình mua ấy thì mình vì lợi ích của cá nhân chứ không phải là gì ai thế thưa quý vị trong trường hợp như mình vừa nói đến trường hợp này là bị tông xe sau đấy là họ cái người tông họ bỏ chạy hay là họ không có bảo hiểm thì lúc đấy là công ty bảo hiểm của mình là mình phải làm việc với họ là sẽ là người mà chi trả cho những cái vấn đề hư xe cộ hoặc là vấn đề về thương tích về cá nhân cho nạn nhân cho quý vị rồi thế là cái trường hợp thứ hai bây giờ chúng ta bắt đầu đi vào một cái ca thứ ba để xem như thế nào nhé Alright. so uh, let's move on to a uh, third case that you uh, work with can you you know walk us through like the you know things that you discuss with your clients, you know, what happened? Sure, so this uh, next case that I wanted to talk about happened in July of 2016 and it was down in southern Illinois and the first couple of cases we've talked about today happened in the Chicagoland area. And this was, um, it's, it's an awful uh, accident um, and the facts are very unusual. Our uh, clients are husband and wife and the husband's father. So three of them are out on a uh, Sunday afternoon on a motorcycle ride. And they're in rural Illinois on a two-lane highway. And, um, you know, just one lane going in each direction. Mm -hmm. And as they were approaching a hill going up, there was a tow truck coming over the hill. And as we talked about with distracted driving, um, we believe that the tow truck driver was on his phone. And as he was on his phone, he started swerving over into our client's lane. And where this happened, there were, it's rural America, or it's in the rural road, but um, there were um, uh, guardrails on each side of the road. And so as he comes over the hill and crosses over the center line, our three clients were on their motorcycles and there was a guardrail to their right and there was nowhere to go. Um, and they realized that the truck driver, the tow truck driver didn't see them. So all three of them had to lay down their motorcycles because they were going to get run over. Mm. Um, they laid down their bikes. Um, the husband and wife suffered um, broken bones, road rash, and um, the husband's father um, was killed in the accident. Um, and what's awful about it is the tow truck company mm. stopped at the last minute Um, realized what was going on, swerved back over into his lane, slammed on his brakes, saw what happened, and then left the scene of the accident. Vậy thì thưa quý vị một cái trường hợp đây là nó khá là nghiêm trọng đó là ba người chạy xe máy trên đường một cái đường highway ở ngoại ô thì đường đấy là chỉ hai chiều mà 
thì cái chiều đối diện là một chiếc xe tải xe tải lớn nó chạy ngược chiều lại và trong trường hợp này là người lái xe tải họ không chú ý và họ đã đi chạch đi chạch sang cái 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 đường giữa và đụng vào ba người chạy xe máy và đã làm trong trường hợp này là hai vợ chồng và ba của một ba của người chồng thì ông 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 cha đã mất đã bị tử vong trong cái vụ này còn hai người kia thì bị thương cũng nặng bị gãy tay gãy chân rồi trong cái trường hợp này xảy ra thì cái người mà gây tai nạn họ đã bỏ chạy khỏi cái vụ án cái 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 cái, cái xin đấy rồi thì chúng tôi sẽ quay trở lại với quý vị với cái trường hợp thứ ba này sau ít phút cơ sở thương mại My name is Mike Agris. I'm the founding attorney of Agris Law Firm. Agris Law Firm started in March of 2012. What I like about personal injury cases is each case is different, so it makes it challenging. It's something new. It's something exciting because you are investigating a whole new set of facts uh, in each case that you work on. What I like most about consumer rights cases is most people don't know about the law. We didn't learn about it much in law school, and if we're not learning about it in law school, most people don't know what their rights are. I enjoy explaining the law to people.、Uh, it's always refreshing to hear clients say, "I didn't know I had those rights." And most importantly, consumer rights cases that we handle, which are primarily financial issues, have what's called a fee shift provision. So my fees are shifted to the other side. In other words, my clients don't pay my fees and costs. The company we're going after does. So it's refreshing to explain someone their rights. You have options, and not only can we fix their problem, the other side has to pay our fees and costs. And the consumer rights practice is national, so I like the idea of being able to help everyone in the country. What I like most about plaintiffs' work is representing individuals. I tell people all the time, you're either a plaintiffs' lawyer or you're not. From the moment I could walk, I knew I wanted to go to law school, and I always knew I wanted to do plaintiffs' work. There was a period of time for about a year and a half where I did insurance defense work, and it was enlightening, and I learned a lot. And it makes me a better lawyer on the plaintiff side because I know how the other side is thinking. But I'm 100% a plaintiffs' lawyer. I like having individual clients. I like having someone to talk to. It's refreshing to get that review from a client. It's refreshing to be told you did a good job, and it, you know, it makes me think uh, that this was uh, the reason I went to law school was to help out individuals. My favorite animal is a dog. We have one at home,、um, but I'm a big animal lover.、Uh, my son is six years old, and I just got him a fish tank for his birthday, and it's probably as much of a gift for him as it is for me.、Uh, so I like all sorts of animals, but I'd say my favorite animal is a dog. The app I use the most is Waze. I feel like I'm thinking, answering questions,、uh, analyzing things all day long, going through a million emails, phone calls, and the last thing I want to do when I get in my car is figure out where I'm going. I love being able to plug in an address, and Waze tells me where to go. My favorite food is pizza and sushi. I'm a big、uh, lover of deep dish pizza, so the original Uno's and Dues、uh, in Chicago, I've been going to since I was in high school. And I'm also a big seafood fan. I love sushi.、Uh, when I lived out in California for a couple of years, they had incredible sushi out there. I love it. I miss it. My perfect vacation has always been relaxing on a beach. I've got two toddlers at home, and so that's even more important these days. So, 100% relaxing on a beach. Weekends are for catching up on sleep, 
hanging out with my family, exercising, and most importantly, getting afternoon naps. I'm a, I love napping, and on the weekends, I certainly nap every day. If I was not a lawyer, I actually, I don't know what I would be. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer since I could walk. Um, having started my own firm, I also like the aspect of running a small business, so I would be a small business owner. My favorite book, I, surprisingly I don't read much. Um, I would say in high school my favorite book was Catcher in the Rye. Uh, the most recent book I've read that I love and I just started doing audiobooks is uh, Ryan Serhant's book, Sell It Like Serhant. He is on Million Dollar Listing New York. I love all of the real estate shows on TV. I read his book and uh, whether you're a, an attorney, a real estate agent, no matter what you do, if you're a small business owner, uh, the book's applicable. Uh, I loved it. So currently my favorite book would be Sell It Like Sir Hand. My favorite movie when I was young was Breakfast Club. I watched it every weekend. I've probably watched it hundreds of times. There was a point where I knew the first half by heart. Recently, I would say my favorite movie would be, I've got a couple of them. I really enjoy The Hangover. Uh, I, anytime it's on TV, I always watch it. I also like uh, current war movies. Uh, 13 Hours was a great movie and Lone Survivor was a great movie. Working at Agris Law Firm is fast-paced. We are high volume. It is a healthy amount of stress. Every day is new, it's different. Um, constantly getting phone calls and emails, talking to clients. Uh, working at Agris Law Firm is collaborative. It is very open door. We all talk together throughout the day, whether we're discussing a potential case, whether we're discussing a current case, whether we are settling a case, whatever it may be, we're all uh, actively involved, communicating with each other, and it is a good place to work. It's unlike any other law firm I've ever worked at, and that's on purpose. My name is Taylor Kasla. I'm a partner at Agris Law Firm. I started in August 2017 and after three years of practicing, I was named partner in February 2021. Personal injury clients come to our office in a time of need and sometimes desperation. Something devastating happened to them. We can provide clients with peace of mind by ensuring them that we are here to help. We are in this together and we will take care of them. We are a fast acting law firm we are responsive to our clients and maintain open lines of communication. Our sense of urgency is part of what makes us different from other law firms. We put people first, and we make sure we get our clients the compensation they deserve. Our consumer rights practice is a national practice, so we can help people from the East Coast to the West Coast. There are laws in place to protect consumers, and not everyone knows these rights exist. And certainly not everyone knows or even believes that our clients never pay us a penny. Several consumer rights statutes contain a fee shift provision, which means that if we prevail, the defendant must pay our attorney's fees and costs. Our consumer clients appreciate the work that we do, and that makes my job rewarding. What I like most about plaintiff's work is getting to know our clients. 
understanding the facts of what happened and how the occurrence affected our client. As an attorney, we are given a set of facts and it is our job to create a timeline and story of events. We must put ourselves in the shoes of our client, whether that be at the scene of the accident or months after at home learning how to adapt to a disability. Having had a family member sustain a life-altering injury, I can relate with my clients and their family members, and this fuels my passion for what we do, putting people first. My favorite animal is a dog. The app I use most is Apple News. It's hard to say what my favorite food is because it depends on what I have a taste for, but generally, I like steak and seafood. Tiến hành xin chào quý vị đã quay trở lại với chương trình talk show với hãng luật tổ hợp luật sư Acres. Hôm nay thì chủ đề ngày hôm nay mình nói về những cái vụ tai nạn xe cộ mà hãng luật đã làm việc trong quá khứ. Thì cái trước trước quảng cáo mình nói đến một cái trường hợp case thứ ba nghĩa là ba người chạy xe. Uh, máy trên một cái đường highway ở ngoại ô chạy xe máy và thấy một cái chiếc xe tải đến trước họ đi ngược chiều và khi khi mà họ nhận ra là cái người đi xe tải đối diện họ lơ là họ bắt đầu đi chật hướng vào cái len của người bên xe máy thì họ bắt đầu uh, dừng xe họ bỏ xe cúi xe đến vậy và cái việc mà như vậy á, đã gây ra tai nạn và một người đã bị chết trong cái vụ thử đấy còn hai người còn lại thì bị bị thương tật Bây giờ mình tìm hiểu tiếp là cái vấn đề và thêm một cái lưu ý là cái người cái gia nạn thưa quý vị, người ta đã bỏ chạy cái người lái xe tải đấy, người ta đã bỏ chạy khỏi cái 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 vụ tai nạn đấy. Bây giờ mình muốn biết là trong cái vụ này thì bao nhiêu những cái công ty bảo hiểm nào uh, phải vào cuộc làm việc. Right. So, you know, let's uh, get back to a third case that we mentioned before break. Uh, what insurance companies were involved in this case? So, the truck that didn't hit them but caused the collision, um, there was a commercial policy. And in general, commercial policies are pretty generous. Uh, they tend to be at least a million dollars. And then on top of that, they might have an umbrella policy. But in this case, there was not an umbrella policy. I believe the father had insurance as well, Mike? Correct. So the husband and wife both had their own insurance through their motorcycles. Um, and the father also had his own insurance through his motorcycle. Mm. So you were dealing, like what Taylor said, with the commercial policy with the tow truck company, and then everyone's individual insurance policies as well. All right. What is umbrella coverage? You know, if you can provide like a definition. Umbrellas can be for individuals as well as companies. They're not exclusive to just commercial policies. Mm. But you have a, your regular limit. For example, you're an individual with an auto policy of $500,000. Mm. Maybe you're in an accident, you're at fault, and there's a fatality. You might have an umbrella policy that not only covers your auto insurance, it might cover home, maybe you have several properties, and it's kind of just an overarching policy. So if you hit one of those mm. limits, There might be excess coverage mm. that you can claim through the umbrella policy. Okay. And people can get those too. It's important where you, you don't have to have a car, you don't have to have a home, you don't have to have a bike, you don't have mm. to, you can just call an insurance company and get liability coverage. Mm. Um, you can also call an insurance company to get umbrella coverage. It's just an extra layer of protection. And once again, mm. you should have it. People should have it. It's not a lot of money. Mm. And um, 
not only does it protect you in situations where you're at fault in an accident, but you can also use it to protect you in situations if someone doesn't have enough insurance who caused you injuries. And an umbrella would also come into play because if your policy limits aren't maybe enough to cover the damages, but mm -hmm. you do have assets, your properties, your vehicles that are worth money, they still might come after you personally if the insurance policy is not enough. So that umbrella is just an extra layer of protection. Rồi, thưa quý vị, trong cái trường hợp này thì những cái bên mà công ty bảo hiểm chính lưu đến cái vụ này có nghĩa là người công ty của xe tải này, truck company ấy, là họ có cái bảo hiểm là bảo hiểm thương mại. Một loại bảo hiểm này thì nó thường nó cao hơn về cái mức cái mức độ policy của nó thậm chí có thể lên thường thường là một triệu đô la cho cái loại bảo hiểm này commercial uh, và thương mại sau đấy thì hai người vợ chồng đều có bảo hiểm riêng của họ và người cha người khi bị tử vong trong cái vụ um, tai nạn này cũng có bảo hiểm riêng của anh ấy thì ở đây mình có thêm một cái nữa mình đáng lưu ý là có một cái loại bảo hiểm là bảo hiểm umbrella coverage thì uh, thành hỏi luật sư đây là định nghĩa là gì thì cái umbrella này là một ví dụ như mà quý vị mua bảo hiểm mà muốn uh, được bảo vệ đầy đủ hơn nữa giả sử như là mình uh, uh, bảo hiểm uh, uh, mình chi trả thêm một phần chi phí hàng tháng thì cái rôi ra phần này ấy, là khi mà mình bị tai nạn bị thương tật bị hư hỏng gì đấy thì bảo hiểm hiện tại trả rồi nhưng mà vẫn còn một phần thì cái umbrella những cái rôi thêm phần đấy là sẽ giúp quý vị trả được cái tiền uh, bảo hiểm quý vị thì mình mình phải mua thêm cái đấy và luật sư Michael uh, cũng đề cập đến vấn đề là quý vị cũng không cần phải có xe có nhà để mua bảo hiểm thậm chí là chỉ cần gọi điện thoại cho hãng cho một công ty bảo hiểm nào đấy và yêu cầu hỏi họ là xem là có bảo hiểm uh, uh, cá nhân hay không thì họ vẫn bán những cái loại bảo hiểm như vậy quý vị bị uh, thương tật bị uh, tai nạn xe cộ đấy thì đấy bảo hiểm đấy là sẽ chi trả trong khi mình không có nhà cũng chả cần xe gì hết mà mình vẫn mua bảo hiểm được Right. So my follow-up question is: When were you hired, and why is it so important to speak with a lawyer right away? So this is a case where we were already representing the wife involved in the motorcycle accident in a separate case, and so this happened on a Sunday afternoon, and she had emailed us, you know, in the wee hours of Monday morning, and we spoke with her first thing Monday morning. And here's why: it's just it's so important to hire an attorney right away. This is a perfect example of the moment she contacted us, we started investigating what happened. And what's so interesting about this case is, you know, it's a two-lane rural road, southern Illinois, and this tow truck company crosses the center line, and before there's a head-on collision, our clients laid down their bikes, which means, you know, just that. They turned them over and intentionally mm. laid them down so they didn't get run over. The tow truck realizes at the last minute, slams on the brake, swerves over to avoid running them over, mm. looks to see what happens, and then leaves the scene of the accident. And so when we were retained in this case, they didn't know who the defendant was. And so what we were able to do is um, immediately start conducting an investigation. We helped our clients, uh, the husband and wife who survived, we helped them uh, give statements to the police. We were able to look at the scene of the accident, try to figure out um, where some a tow truck company may have been coming from. 
we actually drove down to the scene within, I think we were down there within a couple of days just to sort of get the lay of the land. Mm. Um, and what's so interesting about this case is we helped the police do the investigation so they could interview our clients. And then because it was uh, someone leaving the scene of an accident, uh, the state's attorney was involved. So we worked with the state's attorney to do the investigation. And um, one of the things we do when we're hired in a car accident case is there is something called the Freedom of Information Act. And that allows us to request information from 911, from the police, and from other state agencies about the accident. And so what's interesting about this case, even though it's awful what happened, um, in Illinois, when you repo a car, the tow truck company had repossessed a car. When you repo a car, you have to call it in to the police so they don't think your car is stolen. So this defendant driver, about 30 minutes before the accident, called in the car that he was towing mm. and said, hey, I just repoed a car. 30 minutes later, 911 gets called in the general area of a motorcycle accident with a tow truck company that left the scene. So we had all of the recordings of the initial call he made saying, I'm repoing the car. And then 911 called him afterward and said, hey, you had just called in. You were in this area. What route were you going? And the guy lied about the route he was going. And they were able to ultimately track him down based on the car that he towed. They figured out the tow truck company. And it's just, it's total luck. But through our help with the police and the state's attorney and everyone knowing that we represented them, the tow truck company found out immediately. And what's real important when you're dealing with cases, um, any type of legal case, uh, it's called preservation of evidence, where you tell the other side, hey, there's going to be a lawsuit here. Don't delete anything, right? Mm -hmm. Don't delete emails. Don't mm -hmm. delete phone calls, all of that. Long story short, the tow truck company found out that there was this accident and that they were involved. And it, it's just a stroke of luck that a couple weeks before that, all of their tow trucks were um, um, equipped with GPS. So we were able, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally, it's like, this is like a show you'd see on Dateline, right? Yeah. So we found out the GPS company, we sent a subpoena to them, the state's attorney did an investigation, and as it turns out, the GPS was able to track that he was on this road, not the road he said he was on to 911, and you can see the speed of the truck going 75 miles an hour to a complete stop and then mm. picking up again. It's wow. real interesting. So they found this guy um, and they found the insurance company. He was arrested. There were criminal charges brought, um, multiple felonies. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, an, mm -hmm. it's an awful story. But the point is our clients hired us immediately so we could facilitate with the investigation. And that's why it's just so important to contact an attorney. Even if you don't want to hire him right away, just at least contact him, explain the story, and see what they can do to help. Wow. Okay. Uh, thưa quý vị, trong cái trường hợp này nó rất là uh, phức tạp. Trường hợp này ấy, thì có nghĩa là cái vụ tai nạn xảy ra thì họ nạn nhân trong này đã liên hệ với hãng luật Acres trong vòng 24 giờ um, ngay sau vụ tai nạn và cái um, nó có nhiều cái vấn đề như thế này nghĩa là cái người gây ra tai nạn người ta bỏ chạy thậm chí là uh, gọi cho 911 thu thập những cái dữ liệu những cái bằng chứng mà họ còn chối nữa cái người uh, gây ra tai nạn họ còn chối phải đến lúc mà khi mà hãng luật làm việc với trực tiếp với công ty 
uh, GPS cũng như là đây là họ gắn những cái thiết bị thiết bị định vị uh, track những cái um, vị trí của của người lái xe thì mới thu thập được cái thông tin là quả thật là cái người lái xe này họ đã đi đúng trên cái làn đường đấy và tốc độ bao nhiêu và đến cái lúc nào thì họ dừng thắng gấp lại là đủ để bằng chứng để mà thuyết phục là người này là người chính chính là người gây tai nạn và sau cái vụ đấy thì tất nhiên là cái người lái xe tải đã bị bắt và đã bị đưa ra tòa với nhiều cái tội danh khác nhau tội danh mà vi phạm uh, vi phạm luật pháp thì nếu cho biết là trong trường hợp những trường hợp này mình cần phải có luật sư thì họ sẽ là người giúp cho quý vị uh, uh, tiếp quản những cái vấn đề phức tạp về pháp lý như thế này right so um, what were your client's injuries and who paid the medical bills so the husband and wife had broken bones and road rash Like Mike said earlier, the father did pass away as a result mm. of the collision. Mm. They did have MedPay, so MedPay is almost uh, like an auto or a health insurance policy through your auto. So mm. there's X amount of dollars they can use towards medical bills. Mm. Uh, usually it's between like five and ten thousand dollars. The more, the better. Again, you want to maximize those limits, but it's kind of, you know, no questions are really asked. These are the medical bills, and they're paid directly from the auto insurance company. Once that was exhausted, their health insurance company paid for the rest of their medical bills. All right. Uh, MedPay, well, what is that? MedPay, so it's just supplemental coverage under your auto insurance mm -hmm. that pays for medical bills Okay. as a result of or incurred as a result of an accident. All right. And what's nice about MedPay is um, I, it's not required in Illinois. Mm -hmm. uh, people who do have it usually have $5,000 worth of coverage, but it's nice to have, and you can increase it, I think, all the way up to 50 grand. What's nice about it is it acts just like cash, right? So you may have health insurance, you may have the best coverage in the world, but you're still going to have co-pays. You're still, when you're filling prescriptions, maybe have to pay a percentage or whatever it is. So it's just an extra layer of protection for any type of out-of-pocket expenses, co-pays, deductibles. Mm. Um, you can use it for anything. And, and the beauty of it is there's really no questions asked. So you can send, you know, if you have an ER bill that's $10,000 and your insurance pays $8,000 and you've got to pay two, you can take that $2,000 bill, send it to MedPay, and they'll literally just cut you a check. Okay. Thưa quý vị, trong cái trường hợp này, Thành vừa hỏi là những cái chấn thương đối với nạn nhân như thế nào và ai là người đã, đã chi trả những cái bill đấy những cái chi phí về y tế thì trong cái trường hợp này thì như Thành đã đề cập hai vợ chồng bị uh, gãy tay, gãy xương người cha thì đã mất, đã tử vong trong cái vụ này uh, thì cái cái bill ấy và may mắn thay ấy, là khi mà người này họ mua bảo hiểm họ mua thêm một cái bảo hiểm là Med Medical Pay thì cái đấy lại giúp họ một phần của cái chi phí giúp chi trả những cái chi phí về y tế còn lại thì uh, bảo hiểm y tế của họ nó nó cover những cái khoản uh, bill khác trong 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 cái đấy thì trong vụ này thì mình muốn biết là mình cần làm gì để mà mình tránh đúng thú thú vị right so what can our viewers learn from this case and in general yeah so I'll talk as as we end the show here I'm going to talk um, about you know this case and um, what we can learn and what the viewers can learn Um, about hiring an attorney right away and then I'll let Taylor chime in about you know why it's important to have insurance and follow your doctor's advice for treatment but what we can learn from this case and in general and the reason it's so important to hire an attorney right away is to get the investigation going mm -hmm. you want to preserve evidence you want to get the investigation going 
Um, most of the time, the, the day we're retained, letters go out for all the insurance companies that we represent this person, all communications come through us, and then we can start our investigation, whether that is going to the scene of the accident, sending someone out to take pictures, pictures of the car, pictures of the scene. Um, and in this motorcycle accident case, um, where our clients were pretty convinced they would never find the driver, we were able to coordinate interviews and help with the investigation with the police and monitor the police. Um, their investigation also worked side by side with the state's attorney's office providing information. We made sure our clients showed up at court, gave interviews, and ultimately helped find this driver. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, even though people think, oh, it's just a car accident. I'll call the insurance company, they'll play fair and I'll pay, or they'll pay me something reasonable. Um, whether it's a small case or a big case, there's always moving parts. Um, and what people don't know is the insurance companies really don't have their best interest in mind. Mm. And so by calling us and letting us worry about all of that so we can investigate and start helping people right away, um, it really just maximizes the, the case value in your mm. settlement and then people can focus on getting better. And not have to, you know, worry about all these um, details in the investigation and insurance companies. And of course, you don't have to pay us anything mm. up front or at any point out of pocket. You know, we work on a contingency fee, so we just take a portion of the recovery. All right. Thì uh, thưa quý vị, những cái lời cuối của hai luật sư trong chương ngày hôm nay đối với những cái trường hợp mà bị uh, tai nạn xe cộ như vậy thì vẫn nhìn chung là mình thứ nhất là mình cần mua bảo hiểm tốt, mình cần chịu khó mình chi một khoản tiền nhỏ thôi hàng tháng thôi nhưng mà cái bảo hiểm mình nó sẽ được uh, trong lúc mà quý vị gặp vấn đề nó sẽ là cái mà giúp quý vị rất nhiều trường hợp thứ hai nữa là nếu xảy ra những cái việc như vậy thì nên cần có một luật sư mình liên hệ thì trong trường hợp đây là tổ hợp luật sư Acres mình không mất phí ngay từ ban đầu nghĩa là mọi thứ đều miễn phí hết và họ chỉ lấy tiền theo cái sau khi mà vụ đã hoàn tất là phí một phần ba là contingency thôi thì lúc đầu quý vị không phải bỏ bất cứ đồng bạc nào mà có sự hỗ trợ của họ là sẽ giúp cho mọi việc là vấn đề pháp lý là đi đến nơi đến chốn và đây cũng là lời cuối cùng của ngày hôm nay thì hy vọng các bạn đã có những cái giây phút bổ ích đến từ chương trình ngày hôm nay và hẹn gặp lại quý vị và các bạn trong chương trình tiếp theo của đài vào thứ tư tuần sau. Right. Thanks Mike and Taylor for joining our show today. Sure, Thank thanks. You for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us.